Welcome to Built from the Inside Out with Brianda Nava. As an industrial organizational psychologist, certified nutrition coach, and owner of BCN Supplements, Brianda brings you a holistic approach to health. Join us as we dive into the seven dimensions of wellness, physical, mental, spiritual, social, occupational, financial, and environmental health. Get ready for practical strategies, expert insights, and a supportive community that will empower you to thrive in every aspect of your life. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Built from the Inside Out. I am so excited about today's guest. Her name is Natalie Denise. She's a human trafficking advocate, and I'm sure you guys have probably heard of the movie Sound of Freedom. So she's here to talk to us about her experiences and how she has been helping. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you, Brianda. Yay. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's start, let's start off with that. Yeah, sure. Uh, so hi, guys. My name is Natalie Denise. I am a Houston native. Uh, that's how I met Brianda, through a group of friends. And, you know, uh, growing up in Houston, I, I had no idea we had the problem that we had in Houston. Um, you know, my uh, just a, a little background about me about 10 years ago, uh, 2022. So I guess a little more than 10 years now, which is kind of wow, daunting. Um, so for the past decade, uh, I have been in the Ministry of Outreach and Human Trafficking uh, in the human trafficking industry. I guess uh, we can say the, uh, the Ministry of uh, Helping Survivors and Aftercare. And uh, my journey really began in 2012, where um, I just first learned about uh, human trafficking and what it actually was. And, you know, I, I learned through uh, a few Christian girls. It's always, you know, the, the Christian girls that are like, you know, at the forefront of this fight, I see. And um, some Christian girls were, were basically participating in what's called the End It movement and the uh, A21 movement and they were actually campaigning for this through Lakewood. So Lakewood is like a huge church in Houston for those that don't know. And you know, I just I uh didn't know what it was. They explained to me and it, it happened really weird cuz it was a weird scenario cuz I was a makeup artist at the time. Um that was my main bread and butter. I worked at Mac Cosmetics and uh, my friend who was also a makeup artist uh, who worked with me at Mac Cosmetics, she uh, was one of the girls from the Lakewood um, ministry. And uh, she was like, hey, um, can you help me with some, some makeup artistry? I need some special effects done. And I was like, oh, sure. You know, and I thought, you know, usually special effects, especially at a Mac counter, it's like, um, you know, a, a costume or Halloween makeup or sometimes even drag. We did uh, drag a lot as well at the MAC cosmetics counter. And uh, so I was very versatile in my, my skill set. And then she was like, well, these kind of effects, I need you to do some sort of domestic abuse kind of effect. And I was like, whoa, right? It was like... Ooh, bruises and like black eyes and stuff like that. And I was like, what is this? Right. Of course it was like a shoot. So I, I, I knew it was like all fake, but I was like, what, mm. is, what are you guys doing this for? Like, what are you bringing awareness? And I initially, I thought it was like, is this domestic abuse uh, awareness or something? She said, no, it's actually, she said yes and no. It's, it's actually for 
uh, human trafficking awareness. And I was like, oh, well, wh what is human trafficking? So it was there on the shoot set that I learned what human trafficking was. It's just crazy because like, how do your, how, how does that happen, right? You're, you're, you're in this, uh, what doesn't seem relevant part of your life where you're like a makeup artist and then you, you learn about trafficking there. So mm. I learned about it. And from there, I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this happened. And when anybody, I mean, think about the time you learned about human trafficking, you were probably shocked and mm -hmm. appalled and you wanted to learn more. And that's exactly how I was. I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to learn more. Like, what is this? And this opened up an opportunity for me to volunteer at a local safe, uh, safe house in Houston for rescued minors called Freedom Place. It's ran by uh, Arrow Ministries, uh, Arrow Family and Children Ministries. They're a really great um, group to support for those of you that are looking for uh, somewhere to put your funds to. They actually uh, rehabilitate house rescued minors. So when I volunteered there, the interaction i mean imagine like you first learn about this and then one of your first things to do is to go volunteer at a safe house where children were rescued out of that horrendous situation and you interact with them they look up to you they have these like you know just their children and you, you they should be thought of as pure i mean you know they should be remained as pure and innocent and unfortunately there are some sick and depraved people in this world that take that steal that away from them mm -hmm. and so you know having that interaction i was like okay i learned what human trafficking was i am interacting with child survivors i like there has to be more to 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 be done or or that i can do mm -hmm. so then i moved into elijah rising which is another ministry here in houston and i would say they're they're very unique in their kind they're wonderful and what they do uh, back in the day they had these outreaches and I, i'm sure they still have it I, i'm not sure how it's you know um how, how they're re restarting it with through covid and all that because covid messed everything up mm -hmm. um but at that time i volunteered with elijah rising and they did some really amazing stuff like they would have every fourth friday outreach where you could volunteer at your capacity. They had prayer ministry, so people could go and pray for that night for the people that were going out in the streets. Uh, there were uh, brothel ministries where, you know, uh, Christian men would go into the Asian spa brothels and they would mm -hmm. um, basically, you know, get, they would get into contact with the sex worker to pray for her and mm -hmm. to offer resources if she ever needed that. So that was pretty neat. And then on top of that, there was Backpage Ministry where back back in the day, Backpages was still uh, up and running. The uh, I believe this was before the, it had to be before the the seizure. The, they actually got, got seized by, I believe, the DOJ in, I believe, 2019. But before then, what they would do is they would call down the listing. So uh, girls or women that were listed on back pages and uh, the, there would be a group of Christian men that would call and they would basically, you know, same thing, pray for them and offer them resources mm -hmm. if they needed it. So that was incredible. Now, what I volunteered with was the Elijah Rising Gantina Outreach. And what a lot of people don't know is in Houston, 
there is a ship channel that then has these cantinas all over the place. And a lot of these cantinas, if not all of them, but a majority of these cantinas are brothels. And they do, uh, they have been trafficking women and girls to these brothels, forced them into indentured servitude and sexual slavery. And, you know, this is kind of a uh, hidden under the rug problem in Houston. We would go and and pray with the sex workers. And the objective of that was to ease them out of their trauma bond and also to let them know that, hey, you know, the church stands behind you if if you ever need anything we we love you we know that you have something there's something more to your life than than this so you know that that would be the objective of that night and it was one day when i was out at one cantina outreach where i saw a little girl that was in the canteen at the back of a cantina and she was about 11 12 maybe 13 i think she was about 12 and uh, she was scan- dressed scantily clad. Uh, they dressed her in a tube top and a skirt. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that scarred me because I called HPD and uh, filed. Uh, I, I, I told I, I was like, hey, there's a girl in this cantina. We're on an outreach. And they called me about a day or two later to try to, you know, gain more of these uh, these details about the girl so they can go possibly look out for her rescue her and um they got more detail it was like oh she was dressed in this and that then the detective called me about a day later after that and he was like hey we couldn't find her we couldn't recover her and it was like you know that 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 mystery kind of scarred me and uh i just wanted to do more and i just kept volunteering uh fast forward i would volunteer at one adult safe house uh, do some mentorship. And then uh, ultimately, in recent years, I've been, uh, I call them missions, missions to the border, because we have this uptick at the border. And uh, lots of children are being trafficked here. And so the objective of this militia that I belong with, uh, and I go to the border with, is to scout out for those situations of coyotes or coyotes, smugglers, uh, in other words, mm-hmm. that bring in the children and if it looks like that type of situation that's where we inform bp and ng and let them know like hey we think that this might be a sketchy situation where this kid might not be belong to this guy because they're acting this way or that way so then of course bp and ng bp more so they they process the kids how they 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 need to but um that's I mean, I, I always try to keep it in a nutshell, but that's mm-hmm. basically my experience within, you know, the counter-trafficking outreach ministry. Wow. That's, and I really admire you for that because, oh, thank you. yeah, I feel like it takes a lot to, to be able to do that because I feel a lot of people know about it, but mm-hmm. some people are kind of like, oh, you know, like if, if it's not me, don't kind of like, don't look at, don't even look, you know, don't, mm-hmm. they don't want to, any problems with anybody or anything and the fact that you're out there helping and doing what you can that's that's awesome oh thank you yeah and i have so many questions okay so going back to (laughs) going back to when you were volunteering at in at that cantina and you saw the little girl Mm -hmm. so like it's known like the police knows that that's what goes down there goes on down there Oh yeah, yeah. There, there are reports by the DOJ as well. I mean, um, Polaris DOJ—they all the recognize DOJ? that. 
the Department of Justice. Uh, okay. Yeah, so they they actually do report in Houston Chronicle also uh they have multiple reports of, you know, cantinas trafficking these women uh and, and girls. Uh back in I believe it was 2014, there was a cantina on the ship channel called Las Palmas or La Feria. It was like a it was weird because it was kind of like a duo complex type of bar, cantina, whatever. So they would have kind of two buildings. And Las Palmas was actually raided or the, you know, both of them were raided. And um, Houston Chronicle still has this article up. There were a, a plethora of, you know, girl paraphernalia, like, you know, um, uh, sorry that this gets graphic, but little girl panties. Uh, there were rooms that were so gross and dirty that they kept the girls in. I believe the youngest victim of this particular raid was 12 years old. So yeah, like this oh, wow. absolutely is very rare. I mean, it was, imagine it was rampant back then, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the times that I, I volunteered, imagine what that's like now that the border is porous and open and, you know, the, the policies are lax. I would imagine that it's much worse. Yeah, because I was going to ask, why are they still even open? Like, why haven't they been shut down? Like, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. Just, like, why, if the police knows, why don't they do something about it? Why is it yeah. being done? Yeah, it's it's all the, the matter of commands going from the top down. Um, for instance, the uh, homeland of a security, uh, the top, his name is Alejandro Mayorkas, right? He... He is in charge. This is his job to, you know, devise measures and strategies to prevent this from happening. But when he got questioned, I believe it was by Congress, when he had this congressional questioning, they were basically like, this is how dumb he plays. Um, they were like, hey, what are these um, these bracelets that are being found at the border, right? And we all have probably seen these bracelets. Uh, I'll kind of sidestep and, and explain this. Mm-hmm. Um, when migrants come over, a lot of times they come over with, with colored bracelets and they're kind of like highlighter color. Mm-hmm. And a lot of different color coding systems exist for these bracelets to identify which migrant has paid what, if they owe what, logistics. It's a very like grand scheme of, um, you know, keeping account of these migrants. And anybody who goes to the border knows what these are. Like they're littered on the ground everywhere. And Alejandro Mayorkas, when he was questioned by Congress, uh, he played like he didn't know what these bracelets were. And that was so, that was to me, that was like, appalling i was shocked and appalled Mm. that someone would even play dumb and uh and not not know that they didn't know what these bracelets were Mm. so that's just to give you an idea of how what i would suspect corrupt our system actually is Mm. yeah makes sense because houston is like one of the top cities right for uh, yes trafficking it's one of the top hubs in the entire world for trafficking. Mm-hmm. And, we, and you have That's to think great. about it this way. We have, the, uh, like I mentioned, the ship channel, which we get exports, imports through, right? So mm-hmm. w- if you can export a, a product uh, and import a product, you can import human beings. Um, mm-hmm. So the, that type of uh, lack system, we're not exactly at the border, but we're 
pretty close to it. We're like a six, five to six hour drive from the border. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we have a lot of different types of traffic coming through our city in Houston. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I heard about it first, maybe like eight years ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. about eight years ago that, you know, and it was when like when I started modeling and doing all those things and people were mm -hmm. like, hey, be really careful. Like Houston's like probably the number one in trafficking. Mm -hmm. So and it's like and now it's. I'm like, why is it still happening? Why have you know, like, yeah, it's frustrating. But then also, like, I guess not a lot of people do anything about it either. Like I, I can sit here and say like, oh, it's frustrating. Why is this happening? But honestly, like I can say like I. I haven't really done anything either. And and we'll talk about how myself and then other people listening can can help. Sure. Or what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really crazy because you know, this is essentially an ancient dark art. I mean, the, mm -hmm. even in the Bible, it talks about, you know, human exploitation and how, you know, it it does disturb God's heart. Um, but even with modern technologies, you would think, and uh, with modern, you know, go uh, governing that uh, we would have a solution by now. But I think the simple answer to that is, is it's never been a priority. Um, and, and to, you know, I'll even say that it wasn't really known by the general public because even what you would you say like eight years ago when you first learned about it, um, what was society like then? We still had people who are in the dark you know we don't mm -hmm. have them like here in 2023 where we have the movie like a sound of freedom um where it it just <laughs> it's like a, a, any normie would go to the movie the normie by the way is slang guys for normal people <laughs> uh, any normie can go to the movie theater and um watch this movie and come out completely like shocked and changed about what what could be going on in our world and that was just one scenario that happened in Colombia, in Latin America, right? Yeah. Um, we have so many facets of trafficking in our, our everyday society, right? Um, in the United States, it looks different. We've got trafficking street prostitution. We've got uh, strip clubs that uh, think that you think that they're strip clubs, but some of them have uh, brothels in the back. You've got uh, child trafficking. You've got organ harvesting. You've got snuff videos that, I mean, you t I think depraved is like uh, the the um uh, the nice word to call these people. These people mm -hmm. are vile individuals that take enjoyment and sick sick things like that. Um, I mean, it's just it, it, people didn't know about it, but that's the rabbit hole that things like you know um a sound of freedom can open one's mind to understand mm -hmm. that there's a lot of dark things that go on in this earth and. Um, unfortunately, um, it, it it's getting worse that these sick people are going after children because they're becoming more emboldened and they're becoming more open about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, what, with everything that's going on, like you see, like, especially, I guess, I don't know if it starts in California or where it starts, but how, like, now they're, like, doing the chest feeding and just, like, all yeah. this stuff going on. I'm like, yeah, why you are know, they trying to normalize this? Exactly. And, you know, one of my friends actually made a really good point yesterday. Um, he said, you know, oh, you, they're already trying to 
kind of erase women a little bit Mm -hmm. like it and and this isn't real if anybody thinks this is a political issue it's not a political issue this is a humanitarian issue they literally if you are trying to erase the word woman and you know give us things like cis woman and stuff like that like uh, essentially it is trying to erase women so it's moving uh, the, the the point i'm trying to make is it's moving from this agenda uh, from erasing women and effeminizing men mm-hmm. uh, to now normalizing the sexualization of children. And you have the mainstream media outlets now that are making this normal. Like, oh, you bigots, like, you you know, we're just trying to yeah, put these kids in front of naked people so they can understand. And it's like, this is crazy gaslighting that the, the media yeah. is doing to um, expose children in places that they should never be in, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, they should never be in adult bars or adult places, seeing Mm -hmm. adult things like schlongs and thongs at parades. They they need to remain innocent. Like, and there's so much science behind that, right? It's like, these are the most developmental times in a child's brain when they're so young and uh, they're so impressionable and to mm-hmm. normalize these things like you know the uh, sexualization nature of of what they're trying to do um mm-hmm. can you imagine like by the time they get to a certain age like a tween what they're gonna where, what they're susceptible to and what they're gonna think in their head is normal like mm-hmm. this is why it's so crazy and you have yeah. sorry i know this is a long-winded answer but you have publications like teen vogue for instance teen vogue back in I think it was like 2018 or 2019 they published an article this is teen vogue the target audience like 11 to 17 sex work is real work like Teen Vogue wrote this. So it's like there is an avid agenda out for the kids mm-hmm. and for the young teens. And um, they're, they're becoming more brazen about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've seen some people post how like they're, I guess they started with the woman, I guess, because the, the man usually listens to the woman and then mm-hmm. uh, the woman will attack the man and then the man will get weak and then they'll their target is actually children. So that's how they had to do it. They had to come in through the woman and then the men, and then eventually they'll get to the child. Right. And I was listening to a psychologist and she was saying how, um, like they've been having this agenda with the kids and they and she was like, it starts with porn, like a, a lot of it, not all of it. Right. But right. Like, she was like, you know, and then you, you men and women no longer does it for you. So then you go on to gay porn and then that no longer does it for you. And then you jump into child porn. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. I'm so glad you mentioned that because the that is essentially the neural pathways that these sick people um, build for themselves, right? They're always trying to push the bar. There's actually like a neurolo- neuro- neurological science to it that your neural mm-hmm. pathways, when you, you um, like, let's say you you like to do, like, let's say you like to go bungee jumping. That's what like gives you dopamine or you like to go to the movies. That's what gives you, that's what makes you happy. Um, Mm -hmm. you like to go on a bike ride or you like to run or exercise, like, you know, your dopamine, uh, gets, gets hit that way. Well, Mm -hmm. the way that people watch, you know, porn, uh, for instance, and this is like the normal, normal guy where watches porn, he's building neural pathways, which are like little, little paths where your neurons, your brain, like their brain nerves, um, they, they, 
signal dopamine. This makes me happy. This makes me happy. This makes me happy. So you're creating and solidifying these neural pathways of this is what makes me happy. So mm -hmm. once that's solidified, then you're like, okay, how do I hide that? How do I become more happy or uh, in lack for better terms of making your brain happy? How do you make your brain happy? So then mm -hmm. that's where you see where the guy will search for racier titles in porn. Like, you know, uh, again, like the teen something, blah, blah, blah. Or, and then it, it, it just raises the bar more and more and more. And then that's where, you know, they, they will then yeah. venture into child sexual abuse material. That's so crazy. And like to think that so many people are not aware of this. And even if you tell them, they're like, nah, nah, like, like, like they don't want to believe it. And it's, it's like just because maybe you don't you wouldn't do it or you don't think mm -hmm. that's something you would do doesn't mean that there's people out there like doing this and like they that they understand the psychology of it and they're right. using that against humans. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and again, it just it, it goes back to like the mainstream media, for instance, like you know, in, in recent days, actually, where the sound of freedom, uh, you had mainstream outlets like the Rolling Stone and the Washington Post and the Guardian, um, you know, say things like this is for conspiracy theorists. And it's like there's nothing conspiratorial about this depiction of once a scene of trafficking. This actually happens. There's nothing QAnon mm. about it because they always blame QAnon. There's nothing QAnon about it. There's nothing conspiracy tinfoil hat wearing about this. This is, in fact, what the theater showcased about that one child, uh, that one scenario that Tim Ballard, you know, uh, had depicting his one of his rescues, one of his mm -hmm. first rescues. Um, that's actually a pretty depiction of what children actually go through. Okay, like mm -hmm. there are so many horrors that. Um, I am unaware of or that you are unaware of or the general public because these things happen underground. Why Why do we all think that there's a black market, right? Why do we all think that there is a dark web? Because these things happen. They have to happen in secret because of how heinous the these acts are against children. Um, but you have mainstream media outlets downplay it and say like, oh, this is just conspiratorial. And that's how mm -hmm. they keep a certain amount of people, you know, from, from knowing exactly what it is. And I've even seen, um, recently I, there have been like, uh, people are alleging that some theaters, even they say that they're sold out, but mm -hmm. when they go to the theater, it's not actually sold out. That's something that I'm learning. I'm like, I, that's really crazy that, you know, this is happening. If it is indeed true that these theaters are somehow selling their tickets, but they're not allowing people to go see it. Uh, maybe yeah. it's a scheme. I don't know. But yeah, there is an attempt to shut the people in the public out from knowing what's going on. So it was brought to you by BCN Supplements, our all natural supplement company. First off, we have our hydrolyzed collagen. This is a four in one. It comes with vitamin C for better absorption, hyaluronic acid and biotin. So this is good for your skin, your hair, your nails and your joints. And this is for both men and women. Next up, we have our immunity, which is a 7-in-1 vitamin. It has vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, echinacea, elderberry, black pepper, and garlic bulb. So this will give your immune system that extra boost. And lastly, we have our natural pre-workout. It does have 325 milligrams of natural caffeine from green tea. It is sweetened with stevia, and its purpose is energy, focus, and endurance. 
And for our listeners, we do have a discount code. If you visit our website, www.bcnsupps.com, you can use code BUILT, B-U-I-L-T, for 10% off. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, for sure. Well, talking about the sound of freedom, I was a little, I didn't know if I wanted to see it just because I didn't want to, I didn't know how it was mm-hmm. going to be. And, you know, certain things that I'm like, I don't want to see that. But they did a really good job, like you said, of not showing yeah. a lot of stuff. They actually kept it really, really clean. And right. as I said, like, and I was just like, I felt like I was like very tense just sitting mm-hmm. there, just waiting for something to happen. And then slowly, like, I realized, okay, they're not going to show anything like that. And then um, after a while, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, because they, they wouldn't give that to, to pedophiles, you know, like, that's something that they could right. enjoy watching. So obviously, they don't want to do that. And I was like, okay, so after like, I like it clicked, I was like, okay, I can relax. And yeah. I think it was a really, a really good movie. And like you said, it, I, I feel like a lot of things have to go mainstream and and that's what they were trying to keep it from doing. They were, they don't want that topic to be mainstream because then you have people talking about it. What can we do? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, which is what I feel like it's going to make a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. But I was, I I lost my train of thought where I was going with that. Oh, how it was mainstream. Like it it usually takes something to go mainstream for people to actually start talking about it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's considered a conspiracy because why isn't it on the news or why isn't it, right. you know? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad it is. I mean, and and that even takes me to, you know, highlight that there is a big push on both sides, which is such a weird thing that people are trying to take the movie down. Like, you know, the left, of course, like we like we mentioned, the, the mainstream media is already on the side of taking it down and, mm-hmm. and slandering this entire movement. And uh, then there are cons- actual conspiracy theorists on the right side, uh, which I believe personally that they're infiltrators uh, trying to mm-hmm. discredit the movie who are saying these crazy things. Like they're trying to RFID k- kids. And this is trying to scare parents into tracking their kids uh, by, by chip. Mm-hmm. And I, the craziest things that I'm like, this is one of the first movies ever produced about this particular subject okay the last movie that we saw that had this type of subject was taken uh Mm -hmm. which was i believe uh, it was like in the early thousands right but um and it it doesn't make it even better because the the girl portrayed in the movie is is a teen right she's still a minor but um this thing is even is is very illustrative that there are sick pedophiles out there that go after children, mm-hmm. and this is how some of these networks operate. Some of them, right? Yeah. Um. So it's it's interesting that th- th- there is a force out there trying to take this movie down when it is one of the most effective movies, in my personal opinion, in mm-hmm. my, my experience as a volunteer and my experience within the industry. To me, it's um, it's a very important movie for people to to see uh, to first yeah. understand just like any just a, a scenario of trafficking. Like I said, this is just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. Uh, someone sent me that it was someone posted about the the putting a chip in the kids and <laughs> and I'm like, look, it it's bringing it's raising awareness. Yeah, uh, and you know, and maybe they do have a plan. I don't know, but right now they're raising awareness, and people need to be talking about this. And so for it's me, like, yeah, 
Yeah. It's like if we, if we had a kid, it's like, oh my God, I have to chip my baby. Like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. no parents doing that right now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even if like they do come out saying like, oh, this is good for your child. I'm sure like most parents are going to be like, no, no way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. It's like, you know, and, and it, it goes back to this. It's the same argument as, you know, Christians know about with, you know, the end times and taking the mark of the beast. It's like, obviously, yeah. as if you're a Christian, you know, you're you're going to deny the mark, you know, mm -hmm. even if whatever that that cost is that you're going to deny the mark um, that, you know, it's so I don't know. I don't know what why the, it, where this came from. I mean, obviously, that is a prophecy that will happen. But, mm -hmm. you know, why? Why would you fear um, uh, 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 trying to get the fear is trying to get convinced to RFID chip your baby because you're scared that they're going to get traffic. It's the weirdest, wildest mm -hmm. conspiracy I saw. But here we are. This is 2023 is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but and I feel like uh, so the person who sent me that I was like, well, I was like, I was like, even if that is, we know, same with uh, guns, like they'll have a shooting right. and then people will say it's because they're trying to ban guns. And exactly. like, even if it is that, like, so it's going to open someone's eyes. Like whenever the whole mm -hmm. George Floyd happened, the whole right. thing with George Floyd, I was unaware of, I was oblivious to everything basically. And when mm -hmm. that happened, that's when I, I started questioning things because it was very weird to me that they were making such a big deal about this one right. thing. So mm -hmm. I was like, why? So then I started questioning things. I went down the rabbit hole and then like, I felt like my eyes were open. So right. this movie is going to do the same thing for somebody out there. It's, it's Absolutely. Gonna, yeah. I, I believe so, because, again, there's just, um, you know, there, there's such a lack of education out there. Um, you know, if people are not actively seeking out like the the basis education seminars or aftercare to learn about it, like a lot of people just don't know. And I think that's that's where um, a lot will change, because there, I can tell you, like within the anti-trafficking world, uh, I've been speaking to people um, and and connecting with them because it is going we've been talking about that's the whole thing about my my organization is alliancing we have to hold hands together say okay what are we all going to do how do we all identify these needs because that's really what needs to happen we we need to have like a sort of centralization of you know all these needs of the um you need the the, the ministries and the organizations that help the survivors mm-hmm I wanted to ask you a little bit more about what you've been doing going down to the border. How is it? Sure. And then also, how do you take care of your mental health? Because I'm sure that's is not easy either. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I go down to the border with a militia by the name of Patriots for America militia. Um, I go down just like them. I go in body armor. I go in combat boots. Um, the Goyotes and the cartels are at the border. So, you just never know what the heck's going to happen. Um, and so, uh -huh. so, sorry, so I'm trying to understand. Okay. So uh, you guys just like randomly show up at the border. Do you have someone who like scouts like like just how does that? How does it work? Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. So we, we do have a militia president. His name is Samuel Hall. He's been leading uh, Patriots for America uh, for a few years now. And um, he he calls the shots. He uh, basically says like uh, when when we're going down to the border, it's uh, at random months, right? Okay. And the entire um, the entire objective of that is to go out there, 
to the border and to scout for those scenarios of children coming over. So let's just say, um, and we've actually seen this scenario, for instance, uh, there was a group that crossed over. And this is just an example of what we're looking for. A group crossed over and it's a mixed uh diverse generation, cross-generational group, right? We've got old, we got young, we got uh, mid, um, you know, uh, aged people, and then there's mm-hmm. children. Um, mm-hmm. Well, this this one group of, of uh, children came over and there was a sister who was 12 years old and her sister that was five and they were by themselves. And, uh, you know, in that scenario, it's like, you know, you question them in Spanish, like, what, what is, um, you know, you, how did you come here, right? Are you by yourself? Where's your mom? Where's your dad? And they'll answer and they'll say things like, um, oh, we came here by ourselves. Oh, where'd you come from? Honduras, okay. Um, who helped you get over here? Nobody, we came by ourselves. I was like, oh, really? You know, so it's like you, you, you go down the line of questioning, like, that. I don't know if that sounds right. Like, that doesn't sound right to me. So yeah. when you... Uh, like I talk to them and identify, you know, this is just one scenario. And then it's like, you know, that, that story doesn't really make sense to me. Um, then you can go to the BP and say, Hey, like the, this group of girls right here, they say they came over by themselves. Uh, and then there happened to be like a woman. Cause a lot of the, the, the act, the bad actors are women as well. It's not just men. It's not just coyotes that are men. There are women that pose as like maternal figures and uh, she was scolding at me when I was questioning this girl. So what is that? What is that scenario when we pull it all together? What does that look like if she doesn't, you know, she looks like a stranger. She doesn't want me talking to the girl. It's like, OK, well, there's something a little like it just feels funny. I don't know exactly what this is, but it feels funny. So then we'll report to BP and say, hey, you know, we think that these kids are um, in an a not a good scenario or that they shouldn't be processed with that guy, for instance. And then BP will make that assessment. And if they'll either take our advice or not, because it's really up to BP. And sometimes mm-hmm. they will separate the child and process them away um, separate from the adult that adult that they came with. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the, why we go down to the border. Yeah. It's, it's, it's um, at random times, but that's the objective. Okay. Um, so okay so i'm very oblivious to how everything works mm-hmm. <laughs> so i want to learn and whoever's listening who also doesn't know uh so when they process okay so they come over mm-hmm. are they walking are they like on a boat are they yeah so they're o- they're always either trudging through the water uh coming on the shoulders of an adult or uh floating on like a little boat or raft makeshift raft um, they come in. Uh, it's always through the water um, and on on foot. And there's somebody there, like, hey, you can't do this. Turn. Go you back. would think. You would think so. Um, so I've been like, for instance, there's this place called Roma, Texas. Uh, that's another breach point in Houston. I mean, I'm Houston in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the southernmost part of Texas, and um, I remember there were uh, breach points in Roma where the actual cartel would come over on a boat raft, like an inflatable boat raft and bring, they would crazy, like how organized they are in, you know, getting the people over. What's your number one, count your number one, two, three, four, five. And the migrants and they would count themselves. Right. So it's like, it's like an excursion. Like they would count them and then they would bring them. The cartel member would bring them all in the boat. He would, he would do the trudging, the walking through the water, bring them through the boat. And the National Guard at w- at one breach point was right there, and they literally just 
they just help the people up and, and get them across. I, I mean, like they're already across oh, on man. our land, but they're like, okay, there's BPs up there, right? It's like, they're just ushers. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's how unsecure it is. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know. It just blows my mind. So and then it, they come here and then what are, where, where do they go? Um, so they come here and then they get filed into BP processing. So BP processing, uh, they'll take them to a center and uh, basically they'll, you know, that's, that's where they will get their paperwork done or whatever. Like um, that part's a little bit shady. Like not a lot of people know what exactly entails with their processing. And that's what a lot of Americans have problems with. Cause it's like, you know, when it comes to the children as well, it's like, there's no transparency. And that's why you're seeing outcomes like 85,000 children going missing. That's why you see outcomes of the uh, HHS, which is the whole, uh, the how, what is it? The health and human services department. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an office called the Ref- office of refugee resettlement. That is the office that is responsible of um, basically allocating the migrants to their places right um but especially the minors so the office of refugee resettlement are the people as the department that is responsible for identifying sponsors and um the sponsors are the ones that are supposed to take in the children now if you look on the orr website or hhs website their criteria for a sponsor has been so lax and they admit that basically anybody can become a sponsor so um that's crazy that 85,000 children have gone no contact, they've gone missing, unaccounted for, and they can go to any sponsor that just signs up, right? So then we're forced to use our imagination about what happens to these kids. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how they... It, there's a process that... um uh, I think I wrote it down like a long time ago. Oh, uh, here it is. Actually, look, I got it right here. <laughs> That's awesome. So I wrote, it was like, um, oh, this is this is such a God thing. I just like literally landed on this page. Oh. So they go to the border. Uh, there's Border Patrol, um, Customs and Border Protection. And then there's the Office of Refugee Resettlement, uh, which is the Department of Health and uh, Human Services. Then from the ORR, they've got lawyers and child advocates, which... By the way, this little part right here, that's where Soros is getting involved. A lot of people don't know who Soros is. He's like a billionaire who gets involved with like um, these funds that bail out rioters. And he sponsors a lot of these like um, I am getting a little po- political now, but he sponsors a lot of these liberal policies um, that actually are uh, pretty harmful to the public. So he actually has funded uh, lawyers and child advocates in this little section right here. Isn't that funny? And so it goes from that to sponsors, which can be unrelated sponsors, um, parents, legal guardians, immediate relatives, or distant relatives, or like I began, unrelated sponsors. So basically anybody can be. So then the kid goes down to the sponsor. Then what's supposed to happen is that the HHS ORR department is supposed to do what's called a post-service release check. A post-service release check is when they call the child uh, or the sponsor. They're supposed to call the sponsor to find out, um, you know, hey, how's the kid? Are they in school? Do they need anything? Axios, which is a news outlet, they did a FOIA request back in 2021, the fall of 2021. 
asking this department that I just pointed out, um, asking them, hey, um, can we know how many post-service releases you have actually completed with the children? And um, the HHS came back with a result of only, uh, I believe, it was like one third at that time. But I personally believe, this is my personal opinion, I believe it's way more than that. I think it's like at least two thirds of these children could not be contacted back in 2021. So we had some uh -huh. inkling, some context clues that this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I know, again, that, that's a long process, but this is literally what happens when they get processed by the HHS, CBP, okay. HHS, ORR, then the sponsors, then they're lost. So it's a whole, you're it's right, bad. it's very organized mm -hmm. in a bad way, like if to to do evil, but it's, yeah. yeah. Hey, let me also <laughs> let me also mention this is a part is important there was a whistleblower i don't know if you saw her her name is tara lee rodas she was so. a she was a whistleblower with project veritas um and i'll send you the links after after this because uh, it's going to okay. blow your mind um did the whistleblower for the hhs she worked within the hhs department and she <laughs> said that the hhs was basically being a middleman between the kids and the traffickers that they were they were willfully placing these kids in homes that were suspected of trafficking. Wow. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shady things going on that people are so unsuspecting of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this makes everything clear. Like, if if you're watching, like this, there's really nothing to be like. Oh, I don't know. No, this is very <laughs> clear. <laughs> yeah. This is very real. It's it's very real. But we're in a time where a lot of people are waiting. I'm I'm very hopeful because I do see a lot of people waking up. And um, in the last ten years that I've been, you know, just a volunteer. I mean, I've, you know, all these things that I list. I'm just a. I just want people to know I'm a bottom of the totem pole volunteer. Okay, I was never. Um, you know, I didn't enter the space as a director or as this, you know, specialist or anything. I was a bottom of the totem pole volunteer. I still am. I still consider myself a bottom of the totem pole volunteer. I just willfully wanted to learn about this stuff. I willfully wanted to donate my time and I willfully wanted to, um, you know, just um, uh, become assiduous to what this entire thing encompasses. Right. So that's why mm -hmm. I've seen everything from street prostitution to border, border trafficking and, you know, cantina trafficking, like it's just a very real dark world out there. And mm -hmm. the mainstream media does not want you to know that this is going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, well, like, like they said in the movie, it's like, like a mafia, like, but we know it's more profitable than drugs. Oh, it absolutely. Just, it's so bad. So you say you're at the bottom, but you're doing oh, so much more than most of us are. Mm -hmm. What, what can, what can we do? Like someone who doesn't know how to help, doesn't know where to start, what would you recommend? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say to do is to, um, this is going to be my, a very honest answer. I would pray about it first. I would mm -hmm. ask God, like, where, where, what are, what are my, what have you blessed me with? What are my strengths? Like, what are my mm -hmm. skills, right? Some people might be accountants. Some people might be project managers or artists or graphic artists or nutritionists. Ask God where, where your special areas are and how he wants you to serve. The next step would be is to identify those gifts and um and and see where you can be allocated. If if you if you know of a ministry, go there, right? If you know of an organization that 
could use your help, go there, right? Um, right now, uh, I am personally working on a project uh, called Counter Trafficking Alliance. This is my, I founded this uh, nonprofit. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to meet needs of survivors and uh, meet them with resources and also simultaneously build a network of all of these anti-trafficking organizations that are on the front lines servicing uh, survivors and victims. So, um, you know, the big idea is to pull everybody together, let's network and let's find out what the needs are and then meet them and then meet the needs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are approximately 3,500 animal, spa- animal shelters in the United States, right? And then that becomes multiplicative by however many spaces they have for animals. So let's just say SPCA of Houston has let's just say 500 spaces, right? So imagine that multiplies to 3,500. There's more animal shelter spaces in America than there are beds for human trafficking survivors. Like, wow. think about that, right? We need yeah. to help. We need to do something and we can't wait yeah. on the government anymore. We can't wait on... The government these- has shown us that they're a part of it. So now uh, it's yeah. up to us. They're sending billions upon billions of dollars to Ukraine when their own people are suffering, when their own people are enslaved. And um, we we have that illustrated for us. It's it's in our faces. We don't have to wait on them. We can do things that are within our power, within our you know strength and skill set mm-hmm. to help a human trafficking survivor. So you know, just an example of what I'm looking for. I'm looking for outreach volunteers, people who can get on the phone and call. You know, we will be outreaching to these organizations. We will be, um, you know, learning their needs, and um, we're we're going to do it from from every facet, right? It, from a very small organization to some of the biggest ones. We just want to know, you know, what are your needs? You know, do you do you need? Um, like I know, I know for for instance, a couple years ago, there was a ministry here in Houston that needed feminine products and detergent. Like they needed that. So we at our church, we were like, okay, cool. Like we'll just all bring a package of of that, right? And we all put it in a pile, gave it to this ministry. They were set up for a good year and a half. So mm. imagine if we could all do that. Yeah. So the uh, it's called Counter Trafficking Alliance. Yes. I, I went on the Instagram. So now I'm on the, on the website. And I was looking at it uh, before we talked and the, the options to... To volunteer and mm-hmm. and I saw that it said like you mentioned earlier nutritionist uh, accounting fitness yeah uh, therapy yeah. psychologist um I yeah yeah like you said go on there because I was looking I was like how can I help so how would someone with nutrition and fitness be able to help um, that's where you'd be able to get connected to like let's say a safe house and uh, actually apply your skills to a survivor in the rehabilitation program. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes they are looking for nutritionists or fitness instructors, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, and it's based on also um, also keep in mind that it's based on the group that they have at that very time. So let's say there's a certain mm-hmm. group of girls, um, you know, that and there maybe there's one or two that are interested in, in fitness. So it just mm-hmm. uh, it depends on what the safe house needs are. Uh, but we're mm-hmm. trying to meet them at their every single need. Um, so. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, just to answer your question. So then they will reach out to you and then you connect them with the... The volunteers, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was also seeing that uh, you have therapy on there. And I've been, ever since 
I went to college back in 2009. I wanted mm-hmm. to do psychology mm-hmm. and actually get licensed to do therapy. But mm-hmm. I've always been scared of, and, and this and this was before I knew about human trafficking. I was like, I'm scared that a little girl is going to come and tell me that her dad or her uncle or someone's doing something to her. And back then, you know, I was like a little mature. And, you know, when I was like, I'm going to be so mad. I'm not going to be able to like, you know, like be like the... I was like, I'm going to go off. I'm going to do something I'm not supposed to do kind of thing. Like, I'm going to get mad. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, like, I want to do, like, I, I got my master's in psychology, but it was industrial organizational where mm-hmm. I was safe. You know, I, w- I wouldn't be listening to, like, horrific stories. But the more I think about and I'm going to pray about it, but the more I think about it, I'm like, I think I, I need to get licensed and I, I want to be able to help. Because yeah. Especially now, like you said, like, it's. Like the things that we're seeing, it's like it's mental health. It's yeah, that's what it, it is. is. Yeah, and yeah. it made me so sad. Uh, I watched uh, What Is a Woman? The movie. Mm. Yeah, where I have Jordan, to. Yeah. yeah, Jordan Peterson. He was like, psychologists are, are now being told to affirm. And I'm like, as a psychologist, no, you should not be doing that. Yeah, yeah, because that's that like lying to them. They're lying. Yeah. You're lying to their psyche, and you're lying, and, and you're. De- you're deterring them away from a path of their own self-discovery that they, they actually should be trying to address issues, but you're appending issues onto them because, mm-hmm. you know, affirming something that's a lie is going to bring up other things that, or it's going to cause other things that uh, that person's not going to know how to deal with. And these psychologists don't live with these people. They, they can't be there at every waking hour of their day mm-hmm. and, and help them. So it's like, it's very irresponsible of these psychologists to, you know, affirm lies and, and cause more problems. So you're right. There's a, a big need for people who are honest and that mm-hmm. won't lie to people to become yeah, counselors. Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just thinking like, we're over here like, oh my God, no. And then there's people who are like, yeah, you know, good for you. And I'm like, you're not helping them. You're not, If you love them, you would not be like cheering them on. Like you would be trying right. to talk to them and explain to them like, hey, this isn't okay. And this is why. And, right. Yeah. And then when on the movie, like it just blew my mind how uh, a former pageant queen was out there doing that. And I'm like, like, a, like nobody should be doing that. Obviously, right. a man should not be doing that. But I was like, how do you have the heart as a woman to to go and do that? Yeah, I know. And and I know that 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 was children in that movie, but there was actually a recent sex scandal with Miss Universe, you know, that really, yeah, that there was a owner. Um, this is a, a couple months, a few months ago, uh, the owners of um, Miss USA, um, Crystal and her, her husband, Max, were oh, both oh co-owners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the the organization, and and it was alleged that he was sexually harassing some of the contestants. Mm. So you know, it's like, wow, the things like this are ha- in the USA, right? And one of the biggest mm. organizations for beauty pageants. Again, yeah. it, it it seems to be that there's some sort of exploitation of of a sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's so it's so rampant. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So for the people listening, um, like. If they're like, okay, what's the first step? What do I do? Would you say reach out to you, reach out to the uh, page or? Yeah, they can, they can just go to countertraffickingalliance.com. Um, there is a, if they want to volunteer, they can volunteer there. If they want to donate, um, they can donate as well. We're, we're starting to get, um, we're in the, I'll just put it out there. We're in the infancy stages of getting up brought 
um, with our organization, but there's a lot of activity happening. We already have a lot of people wanting to volunteer uh, within yeah. their own facet. We've got truckers, we've got, you know, uh, people who want to do the outreach, uh, but we need a lot more people. Literally, this is what we need. We need people in every single uh, basically representing their city um, and mm -hmm. it, so they can represent needs of local shelters and uh, local organizations. So that's how many people we need for outreach. And then from there, um, you know, we're, we're just going to keep building, but we want to meet the needs of survivors because right now there isn't a lot of resources or needs. They don't know where to go. And what's out there right now is just not helping because we're still seeing the problem happen. Right. Yeah. So uh, the children that are, or women that are in these shelters, are they were they rescued? Did they just show up? How, or how does that work? Um, the scenarios vary. Some of them um, go them the, themselves. Uh, they escape, or um, you know, sometimes uh, I can tell you for sure um, that a lot of times these extractions are by people themselves, like people who are concerned relatives or mm -hmm. friends who will go get the people themselves. Like I know one person on my board who mm -hmm. basically rescued a girl from labor trafficking like and this was just like a, in her own local city like she she saw signs and she talked to her and um you know there there could have been other options but the girl ended up staying with her just for a little bit and until she got on her feet um but there's there's scenarios like that where people are literally taking it upon their hands to go and rescue these people now i will say that be careful about that. Like I know there's a lot of vigilantes out there that, that want to do this and, and it is important. Um, I would just say like, try to do things by the book, you know, to, to do things by the law. Don't, don't break the law just to, you know, uh, do things like, for instance, I could, uh, as much as I want to rescue kids and take them by the hand and say, get out, you know, you're coming with, that's considered kidnapping. Like, so I would get, I would get in big trouble for that. So don't, oh, wow. don't do things like that. Um, but a, a lot to answer your question, a lot of these people, it's a mixed scenario. Some of them get, you know, rescued by their own family and friends, or some of them just arrive by themselves. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if, yeah, like you hear about it, you know about it, but you don't actually know the details. Like that's right. why I have so many questions. I'm like, how does, how does everything work exactly? Because it doesn't make sense as to why we know about it, but it's still happening. But now that you've, talked about the process and how it's very obvious that the government and the millionaires and everybody like all these people are part of it it's like oh okay yeah makes sense yeah but they, exactly. there still has to be something we as a community can do they can't absolutely yeah absolutely and um and we can do it I, i'm very yeah. hopeful because i i truly believe in my heart like i feel that this is a time where um we are the generation that will become awakened where we are awakened to trafficking, but we'll be awakened in mass. And then we're going to want to all help out and we're going to want to do things um, in our own capacity to help out. So I'm very optimistic about the future as dark as it is right now. That reminds me, uh, going back to the other question was, uh, how do you take care of your mental health? Because oh, I'm mental. sure people are going to be, who start volunteering are going to start mm -hmm. seeing or hearing things and, how do you emotionally deal with that? Because like I said, like I've yeah. kept my fear or I've let my fear keep me from doing what I've wanted to do. So what, what words of encouragement or what can you say to those someone who has that same mentality, I guess? 
Yeah, I mean, for me personally, um, I, I I do things that are very active, like I work out, lift weights, you know, and I know that's such a uh, uh, regular, it's, it's such a like cliche way to deal with things, but it really does help, um, you know, working out, lifting weights. Um, I go to a, uh, you know, like a martial arts type of class. Like I, I enjoy it. So like getting away from it, sometimes walking away and, um, and I, I haven't taken a vacation in years and finally I'm going to take a vacation soon. Um, you have to walk away sometimes and, and refresh yourself. And it says that in the Bible as well. If anybody's a believer watching, like we are um, made to take a break. We are made to, mm -hmm. um, you know, pull away from our, our, um, our duties as, uh, our, our, uh, within our purpose to mm -hmm. refresh ourselves and to recharge. So, um, you, if you do need to take mental breaks, you have to take mental breaks. I also like to, you know, um, like some, if something is like, a, it, it's not so much that things get intense, but, but sometimes it's like the work, maybe like for me, it's the work. Um, I will pull away and I'll watch a movie for instance, mm -hmm. and, and just kind of de-stress um okay. but then I'll, I'll attack it I'll go back to the the whiteboard and attack and attack and attack so um that's that's what i would say is like you have to you have to do things that are good for your physical health as well as your mental health uh mm -hmm. to kind of stay in the fight and take breaks from time to time yeah we're very similar yeah i yeah. i also work out and then also like when i'm like i like i've been reading too much or i'm too into something i'm like i need just entertainment like i just need to right. like, put on a movie Smoothie. but then also now like with even like how they were talking about how they struggled to get release this movie because disney and hollywood were against it mm -hmm. i'm like i don't want to support those people so i'm like what do i watch and i was like looking up like christian movies i'm like i don't even yeah. know what to look for anymore yeah yeah i mean you know I, and or i'll le learn about something like um my and then there's another like this is just a little fun mention but like one of my uh recent hobbies is collecting vintage makeup like so like i'll pull away and I, you know i'm a makeup artist by heart so mm -hmm. i i like to look for all the vintage makeup on ebay and like oh where's what year is this from like so you know a little finding little hobbies and and yeah. honest ways to um you know take care of your 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 mental health and your physical health like all those things really matter like uh, produce healthy uh healthy dopamine levels you know of of what can make you happy you know take take a break go for a walk um and uh yeah i mean th those are my suggestions that's what i do for for you know caring for my mental health is a lot of you know physical uh fitness activity and you know i find happiness in that i like <laughs> i like to wake a workout yeah um what was i gonna say I keep sorry, I keep losing my train of thought because I'm just thinking of so many things at the same time. But it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I lost it. But yeah. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say, if you're a believer, I, I feel like believing in God really helps because it gives you hope. Oh, versus yeah. someone who doesn't, they're like, there's no hope. And you're like, no, but there yeah. is. Oh God, yeah. I I that is one hundred percent my basis. So like, oh, actually. Actually, uh, your prior question and this question go hand in hand. Recently, what I started doing is waking up super early in the morning and reading my Bible and praying. Like that's that's what I do. And honestly, um, alongside, I don't know how I. Uh, sorry, God, I don't know how I could forget that, but that is like one of the things that refreshes me day by day because it's like I truly believe what the Bible says. Like I, I truly believe in Scripture and every single word that comes out of it and standing through it. 
I journal. Oh, that's another thing. Journaling, um, you know, this is what I fear. This is what I'm worried about, or I'm really grateful for this, you know, write my praises and stuff. Um, but then writing scripture down, like, oh, this is a, like uh, the other day I was looking at Isaiah 41, eight through 16, which is a really great scripture about God. Like, like ensuring that, listen, uh, I have chosen you. I haven't rejected you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you. All of your enemies that come against you, that wage war on you, like you don't, don't even think about them because they're going to be gone. Like I'm going to take care of it. Like mm -hmm. that, that's like security, you know, so that mm -hmm. of course that helps your mentality uh, and your mental health, knowing that there is a greater being out there that cares so much about you. And mm -hmm. if you're doing God's work, like, and I truly believe like, I truly believe we cannot eradicate human trafficking without Jesus. Like we cannot do it without the word of God or with God's yeah. presence. Like I truly believe that uh, it will be the believers that eradicate this problem because mm -hmm. you will simultaneously be spreading the gospel and the truth out to other mm -hmm. people for them to believe. So I, I don't know why I was like, it's because you know why it happens so early in the morning. I, I wake up at like five, five thirty in the morning to, to oh, read okay. because yeah. it's like you have all this time to just be vulnerable and talk mm -hmm. and like, just look through and you put your little soothing music on and yeah. you know, you have all this time. So yeah, that's a major, 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 major component of, you know, upkeeping up my mental health is reading my Bible and praying. Yeah. I like to start mm -hmm. my day I need to start reading the Bible more. We, I started doing it with my husband at night. Well, like mm -hmm. we started reading Proverbs because I love Proverbs. My uh -huh. favorite book. I, but, I love it. Yeah. But when it comes to hope, uh, my mom gave me a pan de vida. I don't know if you've heard mm -hmm. of those. Where it's like mm -hmm. the little, you pull out the little verse. Uh -huh. and, and like sometimes like I'm going through something or I'm worried about something. I pull one out and it's like, it gives you hope. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I was like, yes. I was like, of course, there's a God out there taking care of me. Everything's going to be okay. Uh -huh. and, it, and it just like it changes my day it changes my mentality like okay i don't need to worry about this is going to be okay mm -hmm. and it's something as simple as that maybe someone who doesn't believe who's listening they're like oh, whatever but it really i for me it really makes a difference yeah and the thing is like it's the big clause to all this is if you believe if mm -hmm. you believe like then these words mm -hmm. are true if you believe that god is is there if uh, there is one mediator, one God, if you believe, if you, you know, if you have faith, there, there's a lot of uh, places in the Bible, like for instance, in the, in the book of James, where he's uh, talking about, you know, counting it pure joy that you're going through these trials and tribulations because it builds character in you. Like th this is not, it, it feels, it sucks right now. It sucks that you, you know, whatever people might be going through, whether it is uh, family drama, relationships, uh, finances, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Count it a uh, pure joy because this is a process that God is allowing you to go through. So that mm -hmm. way you're building yourself, you're building character and character and character and character. Mm -hmm. So that way you're perfecting and, and molding into the place he wants you to be. Um, mm -hmm. And it's always, it's you can see things like this happen in the book of uh, Genesis where Joseph went through a hard time, right? He got betrayed mm -hmm. by his brothers. He got thrown in prison um he was um he was falsely accused of rape and mm -hmm. then at the end of the day all of that affliction that he went through he ended up coming at the top like he was like yeah. the, the second in line of an official he was like a ruler you know and and he was yeah. like put in charge he was like a he was like the head project manager of this entire thing and it's like 
you know, he, God mm -hmm. allows you not, not, that's what my tattoo is. It's a uh, Proverbs 17, three, uh, the crucible for silver, but the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. God mm -hmm. allows you to go through these fiery trials that hurt, that are mm -hmm. uncomfortable and that will absolutely test your faith. And that's exactly what it is, but stick mm -hmm. through it. Keep with it. Don't quit. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't quit. Don't leave the faith stay with it because God has something for everybody. And that's, that's like the biggest promise that I write on. It's like, I know that God has me. I know that God has me in this fight for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I, I know the reason, but you know, I know that he, there, there's a specific role for me. And yeah. that's how I would, I would describe it for every, anybody else who wants to jump in. There is a role for you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I say pray first, pray and, and yeah. know what that is. Cause God will pray. He'll point it out. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, uh, I think there's one where it says something like all the things that happen to the mm -hmm. people who believe in him are for good. Yeah, and, that's uh, in Romans. Uh huh. That okay. all things turn out good for those who love him, and it's okay. like even the the worst hiccups that we can go through. Like, and I caught it's like I caused this on myself. I made this mistake, and yet God is so sovereign and so mm -hmm. good and so gracious that He can turn things that are our, our dumb mistakes into like something good. Like mm -hmm. he'll, he'll just work it out and he'll, he'll weave the basket a certain way where it just, it just works out for you. Um, yeah. and, and it, it truly is like, it is a testament to my life. Like mm -hmm. ev even the things that I, I'm like, oh, I completely screwed this up. I, I don't know. I don't even know what the heck. I don't even know if I can get myself out and, and somehow or the other God always sees me through a certain situation. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's always and it's stuff like that. That it's like I believe that. Like I, I do believe it, and it, it becomes manifested. Yeah, yeah. And then also, uh, uh, on the podcast that, that I, not the one that I recently posted, but the one before that with the with Charlie Mike, uh, they were talking about the journey and how important the journey is. And it's something that I've heard a lot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, the journey is very important. But then when I was posting the clip of that uh, little section of the podcast. I don't know why, but like it hit me. I was like, you don't become the person when you reach the goal. I'm like, you become that person in the process. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, why hadn't it like, and like, it's like, like I knew it, but it just like hit me as I was like making that post. I was like, you go through stuff and you're supposed to enjoy the journey because that's when you become that person. It's not when you finally reach your goal. Now you're that mm -hmm. person. You become that person. Yeah. And you want, you want to become that person before you get to the goal because right. some people, and you, you can, you, 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 I'm sure you have a lot of examples of this where people get too big for their britches. Like they, they mm -hmm. shoot up or they mm -hmm. get become mega successful and they're, they're too, their head is too big for their success. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they make dumb mistakes and they have these big egos and all these things. The thing is like, I'm glad that um, I had a very, uh, humbling process. Like God humbled me through a lot of affliction and trials and things like this. And I'm glad he did because now it's like, I want to remain this per like, I want to remain this person, like someone who's close to the ground, who's close to the field, mm -hmm. who can talk to a survivor, who can talk to, you know, um, academics, right? Like I, I mm -hmm. want to be, I just want to be this person who has this humility where I'm versatile in what I do and not, not, uh, get you know get to a place where arrogance has a big foothold mm -hmm. and i think that's like that's where um a lot of people falter with success like people people don't they're not um they're not marinated in this 
trial of or this humbling process they're not marinated in this humility in a humbling process so when they get to the top it's like you know they they turn really quick they treat people different or um you know they they look at the world a different way and it's like i i would rather become the person first that's why again james uh, i think it's one two through four it says consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters where um if you face any trials trials of many kinds that um it basically that it produces in uh, produces perseverance and that perseverance like it's it's mm. pr- producing something in you and you you want that mm. it's like your your soul's taking root to something versus mm-hmm. if you don't and you just go through the process and you become uh, you know uh successful really fast you can mm-hmm. see where a lot of these types of people who don't have that humility or are not humbled down mm-hmm. uh they fall really quick it's like yeah. there could be one thing that happens and they fall really, really quick. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And like that saying that what you were saying earlier reminded me of that saying that, um, what is it? Hard times make strong men. Yeah. Easy times make weak men. Yeah. 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 And for anyone listening who maybe they think they don't have it in them or they're like, what can I do? Like, uh, there's a saying in Spanish. I don't know if it's a saying or if it's actually in the Bible, but it says that. Vamos a decir en Spanish. Dios no escoge el capacitado, el capacita el escogido. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, in English. he doesn't call the qual. Uh, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 I love, I love that. that. And he uses yeah. the most broken. P- I was caught talking to an academic yesterday, um, and she was like, "Wow." She was like, "You know, I came from nothing, and and here I am, like at the top of a university." you know, um, possibly combating trafficking. Uh, and she yeah. was like, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I also came from, uh, you know, I, I came from a middle-class, you know, family, but I definitely went through a lot of things like, uh, g- growing up uh, from my adolescence to adulthood. And, um, you know, it's like, wow, yeah, you're right. Like the struggle really is a blessing because when you get there, you're like, oh, okay. Like, but I'm not. I'm not going to use my success to gloat my to to bloat myself up. I want to use my success to help people yeah. along the way that have experienced the things that I have experienced or are struggling in a way that I might have struggled. Like mm-hmm. that's what humility does to a person. So, you know, I encourage yeah. anybody to if you're going through a hard time, first surrender yourself mm-hmm. to God. Um, and that's the first step like, because you can't do it. You can't get out of it by yourself. The mm-hmm. second step is to. Um, Ask God to walk with you through your trial. I mean, you want to go through it. Like that's 100% legitimate. You want to go through that trial. Mm-hmm. Um, and God will help you through it. He will walk you through it. And But at, the beauty of it is that there's going to be an end of that trial. And God's going to bring you to a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to go through it. You have to go through those yeah. hard times. Yeah. No, well, thank you so much for coming on yeah. here and talking to me. And thank you for everything you're doing here. Absolutely. Definitely inspiring and motivating people. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was uh, such a joy to come on here. So thank you for uh, spreading the cause. It's very important. Yeah. No, and I'll be getting with, in touch with you to see how I can help as well. Okay. Get my absolutely. husband involved. I always drag him with me with all the <laughs> things I do. That's good. We need a lot more men in the anti trafficking space. Yeah, yeah yeah how can people find you um yeah guys you can follow me um i'm on twitter instagram you, you can find me at n-a-t-l-y that's natalie d-e-n-i-s-e denise um basically just type that out and it'll pop up on instagram and and, and um twitter 
I also own a human trafficking headlines platform called The Daily Traffic. Uh, so if you guys are interested in human trafficking headlines, seeing what bust arrests are happening per day, there's that. And then finally, there's my new organization, countertraffickingalliance.com. Um, if you're interested in getting involved, that's where you can find the information to get involved. So thank you so much. No, yeah, of course. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to say? You want to leave the audience with? Uh, only just stay encouraged, guys. I know it looks really dark out there and um, that there's no hope, but there's a lot of hope. And, um, you know, a lot of people are waking up to the dark world and the dark problem and the corruption. And um, I, I definitely have hope. God has uh, a plan to, um, he, 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 he wants to fulfill his plans on this earth. He wants, he wants more people to be saved. So, you know, that's, that's what gets me motivated. Motivate yourself with God and, you know, just, just surrender yourself. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you so much. And yes. thank you guys for listening. If you guys liked it, make sure you subscribe, like, share, please share with someone. Reach out, follow Natalie, Natalie. And I keep, I keep wanting to call you Natalie, but it's, it's Natalie. okay. People call me both. <laughs> <laughs> Go follow her. See how you can get involved in your community. I know, like she said, it looks dark, but there's something we can do. Yes. Thank you guys. We'll see you on the next one. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Built from the Inside Out. If you enjoyed this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with someone who could benefit from it. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to stay connected. And here's a special treat for our loyal listeners. Use code BUILT at www.bcnsubs.com for a 10% discount on your next order of BCN supplements. Thank you for being part of our supportive community. We're glad you're here. And we hope you'll join us again in the next episode of Built from the Inside Out.